informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the lwdg pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me joanne parrot founder of the ladies working dog group and i chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to lwdg pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Podog. This week we're here with something completely different and we're talking to Georgie Armstrong, founder of Detection Dog Trials. Now I'm super excited to bring this to you. It's something that started in the UK and I was moved abroad into the USA. We're talking to Georgie today out in America. How are you Georgie? I'm good, thank you. A L- little bit tired, but fine. <laughs> so where in America are you right now? So I am in Ocala, Florida. Fantastic. And Fourth tell us country. all about being there. Why are you there? So um, I started detection dog trials in the UK um, in 2019. And then we carried on in 2022 after COVID. Um, and whilst in America in January last year I did a podcast and we just ended up chatting about DDT on the podcast and then off the back of that I had a lot of um, messages from people in America that were like we want to do this here Um, you know how do we do this here so then um, yeah I I was like oh my god okay let's (laughs) let's move it international and we found out a way of keeping it simple enough so it can go to all different countries um but also stay equal to everyone so everyone can compete internationally um and uh yeah enjoy enjoy the trials all over the place now so when people um in the uk and probably in other countries well hear the word trial sounds like a really serious thing you know we we all hope one day our gun dog will be a trial in dog secretly but Tell us about this. It's not that serious, is it? No. So um, when I started teaching detection, there were a few um, scent work trials around. Um, There are a few scent work trials around that basically um, it was quite, yeah, there there was pressure. There was a bit of pressure around it. You know, it was a bit more serious a lot of them came down to time the main thing i found that that my clients were having an issue with was they were undoing their training because they were rushing their dogs um when they were doing trials because they would win by being the fastest um obviously by finding the hides finding the odors but by being the fastest person doing that as well um so i had people coming to me to help with their indication so that's when the dog finds odor so that's the dog like sitting staring at the odor or just putting its nose on the odor and freeze what we call freezing a passive indication um and they were training that at home and getting really good you know indications at home and then they were going to a trial and like calling that that dog had had a find and the dog would come off the indication and then they'd be like, yay, okay, we found, like, quick, let's go find the other one. And then the dog was getting really confused because it was undoing all the training that they were doing at home. 
Um, they were also in, um, at the time, they were just in, you know, sort of village halls or something like that. And with Search and Rescue, I'd done assessments and it was always in different places. You know, like we, I'd done it at, at a quarry or um, a builder's yard or something like that. And I, I was like, well, you know, why can't the dogs do this too? You know, the, the pet sport dogs as well. Um, so I created um, DDT and their trials are at all sorts of different venues. Um, so we have them. So our championships were at Blenheim Palace this year. So that was really cool. Um, and then we have them at like we've got a air museum like the RAF um, museum. So the dogs search around the planes, um, railway stations. We've had one uh, football stadiums like in a cinema before. So they're like all different places, but they're um, anyone can do it. And I have um, quite a lot of people that do gun dog stuff that also do the trials as well. So do you think like listening to you now and, and chatting before we came on the podcast, everything about what you're doing sounds just like super fun super energetic something you can focus on working with your dog on but without feeling like you know you're going to be judged in a very serious way is this something anyone can do even if their dog's not a detection dog yet um yeah so that you can enter a trial as soon as your dog is on odor what we call is on odor so you'd search for an odor so um you start um training the dogs to search for anything like a lot of people um sport people use clove as in the spice clove or gun oil um which most people a lot of people have <laughs> in the group um so gun oil is one of them um and kong as well the red the red kong um people search for that too so you can literally start it like you know the dog just searching for its toy and then develop an indication from there but the first level prelim level is very much yeah come and have a go um you know all you have to do is be able to recognize that your dog has found has found it basically it's it's one hide um the dog can what's called get to source which means um it could get their nose where the hide is so it's not a difficult hide it's not high it's not out of reach um but you get feedback and you get marked in every aspect of it so you could come and your dog not even find that day and you'd still get marked and you'd get feedback in how you handled the dog um how the dog worked the the area you covered like you, you get marked in a lot of different places so the trials are set up to complement your training at home so when you when your dog finds for example you call it and we'll tell you it's correct um or not but usually it is um we'll tell you it's correct and then you can then mark your dog on it's the indication that you want from it so you've got the time then to wait until it gives you the behavior that you want that you would use that you would um ask for at home and mark that behavior rather than feeling like you've got time pressure and rushing it um you know and then trying to fix it when when you got home so and it's yeah it's it is suitable for all levels so like when you start out and you've got a puppy or a novice dog that's never done it and it's just on odor you know you're just starting to recognize when the dog finds then yeah get get them out to to prelim trials um and they you know it's, it's really good for environmental training because obviously there are all sorts of different environments um, and you also you get given a time slot so you don't have to be there all day so if you've got a pup you know, you can go, 
run, go home. You don't have to sit around all day with the dog in the car if it's not used to that. We've previously done a podcast on the similarities between gun dogs and detection dogs. And if we translate some of the words you're using, like the dog being an odor, same for us mm-hmm. as a dog finding a dummy, that's what it's doing. It's looking for the odor first to find the dummy. The, the similarities are immense, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's so many. Um, and like I said in the, in the previous podcast, I do both with my dogs. And it's since I, so I started in, in scent work and detection. And since I've been getting into gun dog work as well, it's really helped, like it's overlapped and helped massively um, with both, both ways around as well in building independence in like the hunt drive of the dogs for beating. um, And then also just building in that little bit of control with the detection side of it. Um, So it it sort of, it complements both. There's a lot of dogs that do um, detection and the trials that do gun dog work as well. And they do like, um, you know, there's a cocker that does the trials and he's a field trial cocker. You know, she competes him in field trials, but he's still on odor and competes in the trials as well. And that's lovely then to have like yet again, another sort of activity you can be doing with your dog. We talk about the, the multi-purpose dog and this is definitely aligned to that. Do you think as well, the fact that like you have like an international scoring system and, and you can be part of a, a bigger community is valuable to people? Yeah, I think it's, we're trying to keep it, um, it's real, like, really like a family, you know, because it's a bit, it's very similar to the, to your group, you know, because people, it's to complement your training um, and have fun with your dog, then it doesn't get that sort of harsh competition, sort of pressure um, and, and vibe around it. You know, people want to help each other. I've had trials where the dog has been a really nervous dog and we've just ended up just saying do you know what just take your five minutes play with the dog with the ball in the area and just make sure she's comfortable because she's not going to work today you know it was like too much of a venue for that dog and so we just turned it into a training a training moment and uh, you know the handler went away really positive um, because the dog had just searched for its ball, you know, done done a bit of work. But the the international side of it's brilliant because the score system is blanket the same and it's simple. So it's it's easy to stay equal. Doesn't matter if they're in Australia or here or, um, or the UK. I keep forgetting I'm not <laughs> I'm not there. Um, and uh, it's your we have um, an app and so you have like your membership on the app and then your results just go into your membership and then they go on the league table but it's just the dog's name and the league table so it's not even like people can go oh she got so many points and you know look at it like that it's just you know all that would be online is like the top 10 dogs at the time and you'd see you know you'd see them in the league table and then at the end of the year we have um, championships. So we have obviously the ones in the UK and, and America will have their own as well. But then there'll be the international champion like from that league table. Um, and we have awards like um, uh, the expedition award is for like the best newcomer dog. You know, a dog that's like might have come in and been really nervous and got really confident doing the trials. Um, or a team that's just you know come in at a really novice level and then just moved up and and done really well um we have like nice little awards like that that get given out at the end of the year now we've already chatted briefly about how we can bring this to the lwdg for gun dogs and it's definitely something yeah. super excited about working on with you 
but from your perspective when you started this did you expect because like you've just had a little baby did you expect <laughs> this this little idea to then turn into you being going all over america no definitely not i <laughs> i started it because when i started teaching um pet and sport dogs detection i was like as at the time as a search and rescue dog handler i was like hang on i get to go to all these cool places and train and you guys are just doing it in a village hall. Like you can come and have loads of fun with your dogs in all these cool environments. And like, it's evolved massively since then. So when I started doing that, um, I started it with my teaching first. And now you can go and do scent work in all sorts of venues with numerous trainers. Um, most, most scent work trainers now have different venues that they use. Um, but yeah, I was like, I just, I wanted it to be, inclusive for everyone not too much pressure like you come in there's there's so when you come into a trial there's two judges and we're we'll chat to you you know it's there's no like pressure it's just like how do you feel you know are you, are you do you understand this bit do you want a time check do you, so the time you have a time limit but you don't have it doesn't come into the like results at all um, so yeah, it's, it's, I just wanted everyone to be able to have fun and enjoy themselves, but no, I definitely didn't expect to, um, to be in America this year doing it. And I think the fact that like, as I'm talking to you, my, my mind is going wild. Okay. Cause I'm thinking about it. Like you're saying there with different environments, we take our gun dogs to different environments, but do we ever think about, you know, putting the dummy in different places? Do we ever think, well, I'll go to this safe urban setting and put a dummy somewhere different? And I don't know how many of us do because that would take us out of what we normally wanted to do with a dog. But I think our dogs would love it just the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's really nice. I find that it's... Um, the dogs can really let go with it because they are just searching for their odor. So there's, for, so from what I, from gun dog trials, from what I've seen, which is limited, um, I think that for the detection dog trials, there's a little bit less um, input from the handler, like a little bit less control. They definitely, there's definitely not, um, or they're definitely not judged on obedience as in, a sit for example um there is a section called obedience to search but all that is is when the, the dog is cued to work it it searches so it doesn't like go off and sniff something else or you know just disappear from the search area and and not come back <laughs> um so it's very much like the dogs really enjoy it like they relax um they are so excited when they're like you know they're gonna search and you know, a handler, a good handler, you can say, I don't say anything pretty much to my dogs. I, you know, make sure they're sat, chilled, ready to go at the start, send them to work. And other than maybe directing them into like a little alcove that they might have missed, um, I don't say anything until I mark their find and they just get on with their job and use their nose. And it's just heaven to just watch. I get really distracted and forget I'm judging after <laughs> watching the dogs. So what types of dogs do this? Because obviously we used to be around working dogs and getting dogs. When you say detection dogs, is it the same kind of dogs? So in operational detection, yes. In the trials, no. Uh, we have all sorts. So our dogs um, 
so our top six dogs, for example, or top five dogs, whoever I remember, the dog that won novice champs this year was a poodle. Um, the dog that won intermediate was a collie. And then we had a German short hair pointer, a Sheltie, um, a Mali. I had the year before a French bulldog that did amazingly. She was reserve champion, I think. Um, all sorts of breeds, like every single breed. Um, I think, I, yeah, we've had all sorts come and do it. The group that I'm out with now are the um, Boucherons, like the Boucheron Society. And so they're all, they're all like all sorts of different dogs. So they're competing. Yeah. Do you find a big difference in the way we, we train generally between America and the UK? Or are we all starting to think on the same lines? Yeah, no, it's really similar. Um, so although I'm out here teaching, so this seminar that I'm doing now is teaching um, hosts and judges. So I'm teaching them to run, run and judge the trials. Um, but yesterday we definitely got into some training as well. It was, it was too difficult to like, to not, to not help, to not train them. And no, it's exactly the same. I think because um, definitely the way I train it's you know I, the dogs need to be working for their reward they need to want to do it um and have the handers have a positive mindset and that's definitely what i'm getting out here the same as in the uk people just want to have fun with their dogs yeah and the, is that sort of i suppose expectation when you're at a formal level in the uk um that your dog is kind of club registered that you're already at this set level before you even attempt to to go in you know you you've got to have a really good level of uh, obedience a good level of control of your dog and once you need in some of those things with you you're just saying look this is a little bit more fun so you can come and learn as you go with us yeah yeah and we're really um accommodating so we have a dog um people reactive dog that came so you know we just made sure so when she entered a trial um we just made sure that the venue was suitable and then we just judged from a distance um he's actually awesome now you can he works that because detection helps the dogs i mean he works around loads of people he did champs at blenheim where there was tons of people around and he didn't bat an eyelid but when he first started we had to give him space um and that was fine. And then we've had super nervy dogs where, um, so we often have um, a photographer so people can get cool pictures of their dogs searching cool places. Um, but, you know, we've had it where we just go in with one, you know, one judge and one dog and the person's bought the dog before to meet that judge so that they get used to it if they're nervy. Um, as long as the dog, you know, you can, you can work your dog on a long line. So if you've got a young dog and you're not, you don't trust them in that environment. So say we're doing a trial on a farm, which is normal, like a farm or a builder's yard. And you think, do you know what? My recall is definitely not proofed enough yet that I don't trust him to not disappear. Um, you can run them on a line. So you can just work him, you know, have a 10 meter line trailing if you want to. Um, or have hold of it. So the dogs can still come and enjoy themselves and do things. You don't have to be restricted because you're working on something else in your training at the time. They don't need to have all of those things in place yet. And that's really nice because it means that, I know for a lot of people right at the beginning, because there's not a lot you can do, you, you it's quite isolating in itself. You can go to group training, you may be able to do some little things, but not to the level of, um, access you're suggesting this is saying to people like look 
even though where you've got some issues, we can work with those issues and you can still be part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can come to a trial if you've got a dog reactive dog, for example, you could come to a trial and not go near any other dogs because you can, you get given a time slot. So you could come, you know, we'd know your dog was reactive. So you'd make sure we'd make sure people were, I mean, to be fair, there are so many that people are really aware of it at the trials and they all give each other space anyway. Um, but you know, we could be completely aware of it and you could come your dog, not see any other dogs, work the dog and then go home and that, you know, you've, you've had a really successful day with that dog and it's in a controlled environment where you know that you're not going to come across someone else's dog off lead running up to it hundred miles an hour, but you can still, yeah, you've still come and competed and, and you're judged exactly the same. It, it, there's nothing, there's nothing that would affect that dog um that would affect its result um just because it's dog reactive for example i think what's lovely about this as well we talk about the similarities between gun dogs and detection dogs and this is something where you can say to your dog um you've got something that you can do and go fine for me which the dogs absolutely love but like you said in these completely different settings but also like you said one is complementing the other so over time your dog's confidence is going to build on both isn't it yeah massively um so i have people with gun dogs and also with agility dogs and they both do detection and they have i've never had a negative comment come back it's always like it's really helped my dog's confidence because they're quite independent when they're doing the detection or they can be if you let them um, and they, they get a real confidence in themselves um, because they find it pretty much on their own. You know, you're, you're with them, but they do it on their own. Whereas, you know, in, in agility and sometimes in, in gun dog work, we direct them a lot more. We control them a lot more. Um, we put them in the right areas to find. Um, whereas they just search this environment and they find and they're like, I did that. I did that myself. And you can see them when they find they come back so proud like um dylan's i mentioned her on the last podcast like my partner dylan's his lab um he said to me he went down with a ball with our other lab who has not got lots of drive and he'll search for his ball for a bit and then he'd prefer a cuddle um he's he left his ball down on the field and it's a kong ball and i've been training her to search for the kong and he said to me this morning, he took her down for a wee and she, he immediately noticed she'd, she'd gone on odor, like she'd hit odor when she was down on the field. And she did a really nice little search and found the Kong ball that he'd left behind. And he was like, the way she wiggled over to me, like so proud of what she'd done. Like she, she's such a happy dog, like since she's been doing the search stuff. And that's because she can do it by herself. She doesn't feel any pressure because she just does it. She knows she can do it on her own. And like we just said then about like the labs little wiggle and things. I know for a lot of people, they come into the sport wanting to end up on an estate. Many don't, but some of them do. And sometimes the dog and you, you know, and the handler, they're just not at the level to go out on an estate and, and work in that way. But this is something that they can do and to get just as much enjoyment from watching the dog hunt in a competitive mm -hmm. environment as they would get on an estate, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we do, so I do workshops with, through canine brain training, I do workshops, but we also have some theme trials where we're searching in a woodland or like on an estate, you know, so it, it's an emerald trial, you know, it's like 
they they go and they search in the fields or in the woodland and they're just searching for their odor um, but yeah it's definitely a lot more accessible for example if your dog makes a noise it doesn't matter um, that's, a, that's a big thing. You know, there's, I've got a lot of dogs that will be barking a bit before they start their search for, for, for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're just excited. Um, that doesn't matter. They do not, they absolutely don't get marked down if they bark. Um, it's, it's not a problem. We are definitely going to be running something along the same lines as you with your, your guidance and support, which I massively appreciate. Um, in the interim, if people are like, I want to turn my dog into a detection dog, we're going tomorrow. Where do they go? Where do they find, where do they find you? Where do they find all the stuff? So um, my teaching is obviously canine brain training. This stuff, to find out more about it, it's detection dog trials. So detectiondogtrials.com, um, detection dog trials on Facebook. Um, that's where you'll find it. Anything you, if you message through any of those platforms, it comes to me. If you message through canine brain training, it comes to me. So either, either is fine, but yeah, to see what's going on with the trials and stuff, it's, um, it's detection dog trials and yeah, you'll, you'll get in contact with me regardless. So either. We're super excited to do a masterclass with you on the canine brain training stuff. And we'll definitely do a podcast on that at a, a later date, which in that stuff's incredibly fascinating in itself. And whilst we're talking to you, I'm thinking we definitely need a masterclass on knowing the dog is on odor. Because again, yeah. I don't think that's, a, that's something we definitely do in gendo training. We might not explain it that way. You know, we, it's really interesting to, to see how some words mean the same things, but they're different words, which is fascinating. Um, for anyone who wants to see what's like going on with um, the, uh, the the leaderboard, stuff like that, do they need to be a member first or can they just like go on a Facebook group? Is there somewhere where they can just watch if, they, if they're not confident yet to get involved? If you just want to see what's going on, then just follow Detection Dog Trials on Facebook. So the leaderboard stuff will be up. Um, it's not live yet anyway, because um, the US, this is the first US seminar, so they haven't started running their trials yet. So that'll be over the next couple of months. But whenever we do a trial, there's always like a write up on the trial and the winners are always announced on the Facebook page. So the Facebook page is definitely the best place, um, you know, to find out more about DDT and just, you know, see people's comments, what they've got to say. Um, we will have a group like a community. Um, but at the moment, I've just left it as the Facebook page because it's all evolving and everyone's everyone's learning. But that's going to end up coming pretty quick. I can tell out here. <laughs> well, I've got to take my hat off to you as somebody running like a community and membership. I know how hard it is. And I do commend you for being like, doing it in the UK, giving birth, doing all the things you're doing, <laughs> flying out to America, because it's not just the, the um, now you're out there, you're out there, like you said, in April, you're out there again in October. So really, really massively investing your time into this. And I'm sure people will absolutely love you for it. Thank you so much for um, calling in and having this call with us. I know we're going to be doing loads more with you. For anyone who's interested, please go see Georgie's stuff. It's absolutely fantastic. And keep an eye out for finding out more information as we work with Georgie to put something similar into the LWDG for your working dogs. That's all for this evening. Thank you, Georgie. What time is it out there now? It is uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. Bless you. So early up. And you've got a full day of, like, working with the group in yep. America now? 
Yeah, yep, teaching handlers today. Yeah, got a group of handlers that we're teaching, yeah, from nine. <laughs> well, absolutely give them our love and um, we Thank shall you. speak to you soon. And for those listening, make sure to tag us, send us your comments, and we shall see you all next week. Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with me, Joe Parrott. Now we all know training a dog takes time, energy and patience, but our lives can be really, really busy. Don't worry, the LWDG has got you covered. Join us for our free planning workshop where we'll show you how to use short 10-minute training sessions each day to fast forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post. Or visit www.thelwdg.com.